at you. Don't let anything get you distracted from what we're trying to teach. Uh, I'm going to give you basically three, three points and then the message in the fourth point. Uh, these are not alliterated. Most of y'all know most of the time if I'm doing an outline, I always alliterate it. I wanted to, to, to sound the same for easy memorization, but that's not the way God gave it to me today. Uh, it's more in sentence form, uh, but it's, it's, it's really important that we get this. I'm telling you, it's, it's really important. We know this week is Thanksgiving week. Uh, uh, we know that uh, we have a day uh, designated, set aside to be thankful. Uh, honestly, every day should be that day. We should be truly thankful for what God has done for us. And uh, I want to I do this. If, we, if you'll look with me in Luke 17, we're going to study a story of, of 10 men. 10 men who had a serious, serious problem. How many of y'all have ever had a problem before? How many of y'all have ever talked to God about it? Amen. These guys, they, they had a serious, serious problem. This problem was called leprosy. And it was a devastating, devastating disease in that day. Incurable. Uh, it was a horrifying disease, and, and, and God touched them. God healed them, and we, we're going to find out that one of them turned around and thanked God for it, and the other nine went on their way. And, you know, and, and I, I said this in both services today. If there was any group of people, if there was anybody on planet Earth that should be thankful, it's a saved, born-again American I know our country's in bad shape. I know our country's in a mess. I know we're in a moral decay and a downward spiral. But I promise you, I wouldn't want to live nowhere else than right here in America. Amen? And being saved and knowing Christ. So I, I, want, you to, I want you to just say, Lord, speak to me. Say that with me. Lord, speak to me. This is not for my neighbor. This is not for my spouse. It's not for the ones behind me in front. This is for me. Lord, speak to me. All right? Luke 17, verse 11. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, this is Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him what? Thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Father, Lord, you know what we need. You know what I need. Lord, I pray as humbly as I can, help me to deliver your word today, your message to your people. God, I pray that you'll anoint this message. Help us to take it and receive it. Not just receive it, but practice it. And God, will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> There was some fellas that was crossing a field, uh, probably at night. They was probably coon hunting. I found out this, that, that coon dogs don't know how to read. Say amen. 
When it says no trespassing, they, they didn't pass that course in school. They just keep right on going, amen? Sometimes they'll go to places where you got to go get them, and sometimes you got to cross a pasture. Sometimes you got to cross a fence and a field to get to them. And these fellows was crossing this, this field and this pasture, and all of a sudden the biggest bull you've ever seen in your life come ripping, snorting over the hill and came right down where they was. I'm talking about bearing down on them. These two old boys took off wide open, hard as they could run. Sunday was picking them up and putting them down. Say amen. I mean, wide open, scared to death. Here comes this bull. One of them looks at the other, and they realize that the bull's closer to them than they are the gate. So he looks at the other and said, Johnny, say a prayer. Say a prayer. He said, I don't know how to pray. He said, well, say a prayer. He said, I don't know a prayer. He said, say a prayer. He said, I only know one prayer. That's the one my daddy used to say at the table. He said, well, say that one. He said, all right. He said, Lord, for what we are about to receive, let us truly be thankful. (laughs) Now, I'm not sure that's what he meant. Are y'all with me right there? Thankful. Man, we're supposed to be thankful. You know, according to the word of God and in, 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 in the Corinthians, when, when Paul was writing to the Corinthians, he said this. He said, we are to be thankful. It says in, in, in chapter 10, verse 31, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. In 1 Thessalonians five eighteen, it says, in everything, say that with me, in, everything. in, everything. give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, give thanks. In other words, now he didn't say for everything. We get that mixed up. Sometimes we get that mixed up. And we say, well, how am I supposed to thank God that this happened and that happened? And, and that, No, it says in everything. Regardless of whether in whatever station in your life, we should give thanks. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you are. And and listen, I don't know if it's the will of God for you to be a preacher or a teacher or a plumber or a pianist or a painter or or whatever it might be. People are trying to find the will of God for the job or for whether I should make this purchase or I should buy this house or if I should do this or if I should do that. I don't know if it's the will of God for all that, but I do know this. It is the will of God for us to be thankful. In our life, to be thankful. To be thankful. And I, I honestly, I, I, I would like to think, I would like to think that I've been more like the one than the nine. But I'll be honest, I hadn't always acted like the one. When I begin to look deeper into the, the issues that these nine had and what came from their behavior and their response and their attitude of ingratitude, I found out that I have acted more like the nine than I have the one. Now, here's some things I want to do. Let's, let's, I'm going to just give them to you. I'm going to just give them to you. You can write them down. It's kind of a long sentence, so if you want to write them down, that's fine, if, if whatever. Uh, but, but we're going to give you three and just skim through them, and then we're going to talk about the last one. What happens when we're unthankful? What happens when we get so caught up in life that we fail to be thankful to God and we, 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 we show an attitude of ingratitude? What, what takes place? I, I believe the first thing, if you're writing these things down, uh, the first thing that takes place when that, when that goes, and we, we see it in the life of these nine, the first thing, if you're writing it down, number one, we see we are very quick to pray but very slow to praise. 
When Jesus comes in, here's, here's, let, let, let me just give you a little intro. Let me give you a little intro. Leprosy was a horrible disease. Leprosy, it, it affected the nervous system. You would lose your feeling. You would lose your ability to feel and touch. It would, uh, listen, your, your blood vessels, they would die. And, 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 and your extremities, you would be, they would start falling off. Your fingers would fall off. Your ears would fall off. Your nose would fall off. You'd start losing toes and, and parts of the body. It was a horrible, it was a horrible, horrifying disease. And when you got this disease, it was it. It was a death sentence. God had a law. If you go back and study the Old Testament, you'll find out that when somebody uh, uh, contracted leprosy, they put them out of the camp. They put them outside of the camp. They put them outside of society. And because of that, they no longer could hug their wives. They no longer could play with their children. They could no longer be a part of society. They were outcasts and banished from everything. And here they are. Here they are dying a living death. This Samaritan was hanging out with these, these Jewish people. Now, there was a great prejudice and there was a great hate there. But isn't it amazing? When you're, when you're living a living death, it don't matter how you were born. You know what that teaches us? When you're a sinner, it doesn't matter if you're black, red, yellow, or white. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. You're all in the same condition. And here they are. Here they are. They're sitting here, and they've heard a message. They've heard a word. They've heard about somebody who can walk on water. They've heard about somebody who can turn water into wine. They've heard about somebody who's touched blinded eyes, and they saw again, touched lame legs, and they walked again, touched the deaf ears, and they heard again. They heard about somebody who could walk on water. They heard about somebody who stepped on a bow of a ship and calmed the raging storm. They heard about a man who can. And here he was. This is him. This is the Messiah. This is Jesus. This is the one we've heard about. And they begin to cry out to him. According to the Bible, it says they were afar off. See, they couldn't get close. Because as a leper, if somebody got close to you, you had to cover your face and cry out, unclean, unclean. You had to give them warning to stay away. But when they saw Jesus, they said, Master, help us. Help Help, I'm in need. And boy, this is a great picture of salvation. You got to realize you can't get lost till you, or excuse me, you can't get saved till you get lost. They knew they were hopeless. They knew they were helpless. They knew they couldn't fix their own situation, but then they recognized someone who could. Amen? And they cried unto Jesus. Now, here's what Jesus, he saw them, and when he saw them, he said, Go show yourself unto the priest. And as they went, boom, they were healed. Immediately, their skin turned pink again. Their skin turned, listen, turned beautiful again. And they saw that they were healed. And one turned around and said, Woo, thank you. Gave God glory and began to, listen, thank him for what he had done. But the others, they kept right on going. Kept right on going. You see, they reflected something that's in many of us that I've caught myself doing. I am quick to pray, but slow to praise. You let one of my kids sit and see if I don't hit the floor in prayer. You let a tragedy take place and see if I don't get down on my knees as fast as I can and go to begging God for help, go to begging God for his power, go to begging God for his stuff. You let a financial need come my way and I have a need, son, I don't have no problem going to God and say, God, I need help. 
And I don't have no problem praying over and over and over again. I don't, I don't have no problem beseeching the throne. I don't have no problem bombarding the throne of grace and begging God for his touch. But then when God does it, we have a tendency to forget. We have a tendency to get cold on him. Now, we're very passionate in our request, but we're very cold in our praise. Did you notice? Did you notice this Samaritan? The Bible says when Jesus came into the area, they cried with a loud voice, Help! And then when he came to Jesus, the Bible said, with a loud voice, he praised God. You know what that means? He was as passionate about his thanksgiving as he was his request for help. Now, I know y'all more spiritual than I am. But in that area, sometimes I've been more like denying. Beg God and beg God and beg God and beg God to move, and he moves, and I get so happy that I forget to thank him for answering my prayer request. Listen, sometimes we're quick to pray, but slow to pray. Then number two, if you're writing these down, uh, not only do we see that, but we see they allowed the gift to become more important than the giver. When we are unthankful, we are saying the gift is more important than the one who gave it. You see, I can imagine they got caught up with the blessing. I, I, I gotta, I'm telling you, if you've been a leper and you knew you were going to die, and I mean, you got parts of your body rotting off, and now all of a sudden you're clean, all of a sudden you're healed, all of a sudden you got fingers again. I believe God healed them all the way. I mean, I believe, every, I mean, slam to the fingernail grew back. Say amen. And I believe they got so excited. Hey, I'm going to hug my wife. I'm going to get to hold my babies again. I'm going to get to shake my friend's hand. I'm going to get to hang out. Oh, this is wonderful. And we get so enthralled with what he gave that we forget about who gave it. Amen. Guilty. Guilty. Number three. Not only am I quick to pray and slow to praise, not only do I get so excited about the gift that I forget about the giver. Number three. I, I, now, here's, here's a biggie, y'all. This is a biggie. I almost, I almost cut this one out to outline. And God wouldn't let me. Now, I, I know why now, because it's probably one of the most important. They focused on the physical, which is temporal, more than they did the spiritual, which was eternal. Now watch this. When you write that down, look up at me. The other man came to Jesus, and Jesus said, Thy faith has made thee whole. In other words, he got a physical healing and a spiritual healing. The other nine got a physical healing. They got their bodies restored. They got their health restored. They got blessing and a miracle, but they remained in their sin. Now watch. Do you realize... They still died. God healed them perfectly. 
The leprosy was completely gone. I don't even believe they had a sniffle. I don't even believe they had a headache. I believe they lived in perfect health. Are y'all with me? But they still died. In other words, the blessing they received, the gift they received, the miracle they received was only temporary in the physical. But that Samaritan walked away with something that was going to be eternal. Now watch. Now watch. I'm, I'm, mm. You know when we get sidetracked in life? How many of y'all have ever, how many, that's a dumb question because y'all are way farther than me, but uh, how many of y'all have ever gotten a mully grub? How many of y'all even know what a mully grub is? Let me change, let me change the vernacular. How many of y'all have ever felt sorry for yourself? Mm-hmm. I tell you what. I don't have what that dude has. I wish I had that car he was driving. I wish my dog was as good as his dog. had an older gentleman hunting me last week, and his black dog beat my dog. I was mad for a week. I'll tell you what. I wish my wife acted more like her. I wish my husband treat me like. But see, what you see is what's in public. And we get in the mully grub. We get to feeling sorry for ourselves. And we get to feeling sorry for ourselves, we're just revealing an attitude of ingratitude. Because when we, now watch, now watch, now I, I, I'm teaching, I'm teaching, I, I, ain't, I ain't preaching right now, we're teaching, we're in the mode, say amen. When we start feeling sorry for ourselves, what we're saying is we're focusing on what we don't have and we're ignoring what we do have. Well, I didn't have steak tonight, I had bologna. Well, they, some didn't have that. And, and see what the devil will do, he'll crawl up on your shoulder and he'll start saying, boy, if God loves you, you'd have this and that. and you'd, Oh, man, I tell you what. Same thing he did to Jesus. Same thing he did to Jesus. And when he came to Jesus in the wilderness after Jesus had been fasting 40 days, he said, if thou be the Son of God, that he wasn't questioning whether he was or not. He knew he was the Son of God. Jesus knew he knew he was the Son of God because Jesus kicked him out of glory. Say amen. He knew who he was. What he was saying is this. Well, since you're the son of God, you ought to just turn this into bread. I mean, don't you deserve this? I mean, you're the child of the most high. You're the son of God. How dare God hold out on you? And the devil will crawl in your lap and he'll start telling you, oh, oh, if God loved you, he'd have this for you. If God loved you, you wouldn't be shy of this. If God loved you, you wouldn't be lacking this. If God loved you. And all the time he's trying to get your eyes off of what's real. He's trying to get your eyes off of Jesus. He's trying to get your eyes off what you do have and focus on what you don't have. Hey, Joseph's daddy. Joseph's daddy, when those other 11 brothers came and held up that coat and said, hey, isn't this Joseph's coat? Isn't this Joseph's blood? By the way, it wasn't Joseph's blood. 
Be careful of listening to what the devil tells you because he's a liar. And this is what happened. Listen, his daddy, his daddy said, I'll never be happy again. He said, I'll go to my grave sorrowing. Why? Over one he thought was gone. He had 11 other sons there that he could find enjoyment and happiness with. But the devil made him focus on the one he didn't. And he couldn't enjoy the 11 he had. And by the way, by the way, that was a lie. He saw him again. He loved him again. He held him again. There was hope again. There was, there was joy again. The devil will tell you it's all over. The devil will tell you you'll never be happy again. You'll never have hope again. Oh, look what you don't have. We ought to kick him off our shoulder and say, devil, let me tell you what I do have. Number one, I have Jesus as my Savior. I have heaven as my home. I have the Holy Ghost as my comforter, as my teacher. Let me tell you what I do have. And when we start focusing on the physical, when we start focusing on our cars, and we start focusing on our houses, and we start focusing on our toys, which are temporary. Toys will break, cars will rust, houses will rot away, but our salvation is eternal. And when we're unthankful, all we're doing is saying, listen, the physical, which is temporary, is more important than the spiritual, which is eternal. Lay our treasures up in heaven. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Listen, an attitude of ingratitude. We're quick to pray and slow to praise. Listen, we, we, we allow the gift to become more important than the giver. We, we, we start focusing on the physical and ignore the spiritual. But the worst thing of all, the worst, worst thing of all, when we have an attitude of ingratitude, we rob God of his glory. You see, now if you'll write that down and, and, and then shut your notes up because there's really nothing else to write, I, I want you to look at me for about, for about eight minutes. Give me your undivided attention because this is the message. When this man came back to Jesus, now you see there was ten healed. Nine kept on, but the Bible says one. Now watch this, watch this. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. He fell down on his face at his feet giving thanks. Jesus said, now watch now, watch what Jesus was most concerned about. And Jesus answering said, were, not, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God. Jesus' biggest concern in this situation was the nine failed to give glory to God. I'm going to say something that may, you might not even know. This may change your entire life. They are writing books about the secret of life. They are writing books about the purpose of life. What is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of living? What is the reason for being? Everybody wants to know the reason of life. Why are we here? Your purpose in life is not to be a coon hunter. Your purpose in life is not to be the best fisherman. Your purpose in life is not to be a mother or a father. Or a grandparent. Thank God for all of them things. But that's not your purpose in life. 
Your purpose in life is not necessarily to be a preacher or to be a teacher or to be a singer or to be a painter or to be a plumber or to be a, a psychiatrist or to be a psychologist or to be a chiropractor. Or to, Are you all with me? Well, what in the world are we here for? Why are we on this planet? According to the Word of God, according to the Bible, which is our only authority, it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Do all to the glory of God. You see, there is only one attribute of God that can be magnified. God cannot be more powerful than he is. He's already omnipotent, which means all-powerful. He's omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. He's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere, all the time, anytime. You go up, he's there. You go down, he's there. In, he's there. Out, he's there. He's everywhere. His presence cannot be magnified. His power cannot be magnified. His knowledge and wisdom cannot be magnified. There's only one attribute of God that can be magnified, and that is His glory. God made man and placed him on this earth to bring glory to Him. He said, bring glory to me as a mother. Bring glory to me as a father. Bring glory to me as a preacher. Bring glory to me as a teacher. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, bring glory to me. It was the devil's job to reflect the glory of God. He, listen, was lifted up in his pride and got kicked out of glory. God made man to take his place. We're to bring glory and honor to God. Everything in our life, every step of our life, everything that we do, we're to bring glory to God. God said this. He said, I'll share my love. I'll share my home. I'll share my provisions. I'll share my wealth. I'll share my wisdom. I'll share everything about me. But he says in Isaiah 42, 8, I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another. He refuses to share his glory. If you go in the book of Acts, you'll find a couple, Ananias and Sapphira. God killed them graveyard dead in the church house. You see, God, the early church was moving. The early church was seeing people saved. God was moving on the hearts of the early church to go and sell their possessions. They were going and selling land and bringing the the profit to the land. And they would bring it and they would set it at the apostles' feet for the needs of the church and the needs of the ministry. Well, these two people, this husband and wife, they got together and they sold it for this much. But they told everybody they sold it for this much. And they brought this much because they wanted everybody to think that they were giving it all. They wanted everybody to think that they were spiritual. They wanted everybody to think how good they were for giving up all this to give to God. And God killed them. Peter said, what are you doing lying to the Holy Ghost? Now, you see, some of y'all think, well, God killed them because they lied. Nope. God killed them because they didn't give all the money. Nope. Peter said, it was your money. You didn't have to give none of it. It was yours to do with what you wanted with it. God's not forcing you to do anything. 
You could have gave some, you could have gave it all. That wasn't why God killed them. Because when they walked into that church and they were trying to get credit for something they didn't do, they were robbing God of glory. Because the focus left from God and was put on them. And they were robbing God of glory. And when those nine walked away unthankful, Jesus said, where are the nine? Are they not going to come back and give glory to God? You see, Jesus' greatest concern with his father was getting shafted of the glory that he deserved. And all God's people said, now let me give you one more thing. Stay awake, stay awake. Jab your neighbor, pinch him, wake him up. Wake him up, wake him up. This is it right here. This is it right here. Look at me now, look at me. This is this, what is this? Romans chapter number one. Describes the fall of mankind. I mean, I mean, how could man go from in the garden walking with God? I mean, think about this. They walked and talked with God in the garden. I mean, we hear him with our heart. They heard him with their ears. I mean, he was literal, tangible. Are y'all with me? They taught with him. And man, man had that kind of fellowship with God in the beginning. They walked and talked with God in the cool of the day. But eventually, eventually they got to a place where there were atheists. We don't even believe there is a God. It got to a place that they were making gold statues and saying, that's God. How do you go, how do you go? from walking and talking and fellowshipping with God to a place where you don't even believe there is a God. Y'all do know atheists have their own holiday, April 1st. Some of y'all are slow, man. Y'all got, you're making fun of atheists. No, I'm not. The Bible says a fool has said in his heart there is no God. The most foolish thing you could ever do or say is to believe there is no God. But how did they go from walking with God to not even believing there was a God? It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen to boom, I see God and I hear God to boom, I don't believe there is one. It don't happen that way. Watch what happened. Watch this now. When you see this, it's going to one of the moments. Y'all with me? Romans 1, 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In other words, when you walk outside and you see the moon, you know there's a God. Some put that there. Amen? Watch, 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 21. Because that, 
when they knew God. You see, man got to a place when they didn't know God. But what got them to the place where they didn't know God is that when they did know God, they glorified him not as God, neither were watch the start of the slide the start of the fall of mankind didn't start with idolatry it didn't start with adultery immorality it didn't it didn't start when they built the golden statue it didn't it didn't start when they claimed there was no god no 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 the start of the fall of mankind started when they ceased to be thankful to God. And when they ceased to be thankful to God, they ceased to glorify Him as God. Now watch, what does that mean to us? Why will a man step out on his wife and commit adultery? Why will a woman step out on her husband and, and commit adultery and cheat on her husband? It's, it, listen, it's not because they think the other person's better. There came a time and a point in that relationship and that marriage where they ceased to be thankful for the one they had. What would cause? I've seen it. I've been in church my whole life. I've been, I've been in church 40 years. And I've seen people come and I've seen people go. I've seen people on fire for God. I've seen some people so on fire for God. I'm telling you, they were jacked up for Jesus more than you could ever imagine in your life. They were so excited about Bible study. They were so excited about prayer. All they wanted to do was glorify God. Every time they come in here, they got God bumps every time, felt the presence of God. And then eventually you see them, and they're out of church. They're out of the presence of God. They're out of the will of God. They're living like hell itself. What in the world happened? What in the world would cause an on fire child of God, a spiritual child of God, a God-loving person who wanted to serve and wanted to honor and wanted to bless God, what could make that person turn into a complete hoodlum? Because there came a point. There came a place in this on fire child of God that they stopped being thankful for what God had done for them. And when we are not thankful, God is being robbed of His glory. You see, God doesn't bless you so you could be comfortable. God doesn't heal just so you won't be sick. God doesn't provide just so you won't get repossessed. God doesn't do all of these things for his children so we could have a better life. He does it for his glory. Jesus told Mary and Martha about Lazarus dying. He said this sickness is to the glory of God. Because when he walked into that, that graveyard that day, he called him out, and he raised from the dead. They said, whoo, 
What a God. Every blessing we receive from God is so that He will get the glory. Why did God kill David's giant? So he could get the glory. So many times we get to thinking we deserve the blessing. When we're unthankful, we think we have a right to the blessing of God. Oh, mercy. How untrue. I don't know about y'all. There's been times in my life I've been the other nine and I don't want to be anymore. I may not be the best teacher and I may not end up being the best preacher and I sure ain't going to end up being the best Christian. But if there's one thing I can have on my resume when I make it to glory, God said, at least he was thankful. And all God's people said, Father, in Jesus' name, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to rob you of your glory. Help us to be thankful in everything. To give thanks in everything. Father, I, I, I want to offer a time right now in this invitation. If you're a child of God and you're thankful, come tell him. If you're a Christian today and you're thankful for salvation, come tell him. If you're thankful for your family, come tell him. If you're thankful for your spouse, bring your spouse with you and come thank him for each other. If you have your health, come thank him. If you're, if you're, if you're thankful for who he is, just, just come thank him. We're going to take a moment. We're going we're gonna to return things. Come on, come on, come on. Don't, don't rob God of glory. Oh, don't rob God of glory. Give him glory due unto his name. Come thank him. Come praise him. Come glorify him. Come magnify him. Come, come offer unto him the praise and glory he deserves. Father, we thank you, Lord, for our health. We thank you, Lord, for our salvation. Lord, everybody's not healthy. But if they're saved, they're born again, and their name is written in glory. Lord, some people are having financial problems. Everybody can't come thank you for the overabundance in their bank account. But they can thank you for your provision. Lord, we may not have steak, but you gave us some bologna. God, thank you for your provision. Thank you for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Thank you for bread when we had none. God, there's so many people starving all over this world. God, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for clothes on our back. Thank you for shoes on our feet. God, thank you for the love of the brethren and the, and the care and the compassion one to another. God, let us be thankful. Oh, God, don't let us be ungrateful. Lord, let us don't have an attitude of ingratitude. Lord, let us reveal a thankful heart. Let us be thankful for your blessings, thankful for your mercy, thankful for your grace. God, help us to bring glory and honor to you. Lord, we'll thank you and praise you. You're worthy of our praise. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our